Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hello there, authentic podcast listeners. I'm Jordan Dahl. And I, <coughs> I'm Sam Wiles. <laughs> and if we seem a little aggressive, that's because we're the hosts of Fight Island, a comedy podcast about fictional fights and the very real island where they take place. Each week we have on our favorite comedians to riff and roleplay about who would win in a fight between your favorite pop culture characters. It's one part D&D, one part road trip game, and two parts roundhouse kick to the face. <laughs> it's brutal. It's funny. It's, it's Fight Island. Island. You didn't do it. I, can't, I look so aggressive I, don't, it, I got uncomfortable. Everybody, I am uh, Tom Takar, the Wolf of Dog Street, uh, joined as always by the Prince of Snarkness, Tommy McNamara. This is Stand By Your Band. How are you, Tommy? I'm doing very well. I've been doing my Christmas shopping. I'm getting ready for the holidays. <laughs> don't have a microphone. Maybe I should ask for that. My started, started doing the Christmas shopping on December 21st, huh? Yep, and uh, I'm not done. I'll tell you <laughs> All right, what'd you get me? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we, uh, we have a very, uh, exciting guest today. Tommy, you want to, you want to give him a little, uh, stand by your band intro? Ladies and gentlemen, it's Cold Cabana. <laughs> hey, you didn't give me my nickname like yours is. Do you want to guess it? Oh, oh man, I don't know it. Let's do you see. Have, do you have an official one? Oh, the Hebrew hammer. Close. Very close. The Hebrew mm. I'm feeling anti-Semitic by guessing. <laughs> I mean, I just the made it up Jewish... two seconds ago. Uh, <laughs> oh, you made that. one up that you want us to well, guess? Yeah, you you were the wolf of what was it? The something. The of wolf of Dog Street. No, we are yeah, anti Wall Street on this show. Tommy, what were you again? Uh, the Prince of Snarkness. Yeah, I was gonna say I was the hot dog of Chicago. The hot dog of it. Chicago. And you are in Wrigley Field. You're you're uh, you're in the state. You're in the seats right now. We see it. It's beautiful. It's empty. Very COVID friendly right now. Um. That is one of the few ballparks you could watch a baseball game live. Well, they were I think they were doing it just on the rooftops at one point, right? Yeah, but it was like you could it was one of the maybe the only place that you could buy seats to to watch the game. I mean, yeah, I oh, think it was rooftops Tom, though. Tom, did you think those were real those cardboard cutouts were real people? <laughs> <laughs> oh, These no. are my friends. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to have to have a, a real talk here. <laughs> Oh my God. I'm also perfectly framed in this poster where it looks like I'm part of it's me, Michael Jordan and Dennis Rodman. We're the big three of the Chicago, Bulls, <laughs> which is nice. Damn. Once again, Pip not getting his respect. It's just, <laughs> once again, he's not going to be happy about this episode. You know, when I was a, a child, I was a big athlete. I loved athletics. I was into everything. I believed in the code of athletics. And I saw Scottie Pippen coming out of the jewel Osco with a 24 pack of old old style and i was like he drinks <laughs> i could not believe it it was like the height of the bull broke your heart broke my heart oh my God. and then years later when i was in high school and i was a high school athlete i saw mark grace smoking a cig and that was oh even wow <laughs> couldn't believe it but then i was like well first base he doesn't do a lot of running I <laughs> right. guess it's okay. center field they can't smoke no right yeah. No, no, I um I had the exact opposite thing during Last Dance, where I got so excited when I saw Jordan and Pippen drinking Miller yeah. Lights. I was like, they're like me. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> they could do what they do. I I thought it was both uh fun and sad to see Jordan drinking what looked to be a pint of uh tequila um at a time, and you'd see the glass dip throughout the episode, and it was uh 
it was quite shocking. But he also looked like shit, so that wasn't uh, that didn't make it seem fun. But nonetheless, nice to see him as a you know the human that he is. You know, are you a, so you grew up a Chicago sports fan, Colt? Yeah, of course. I mean, I'm not so much. I'm a very, very casual, if anything, sports fan right now at this point. And I know what is the point of talking about sports on a music podcast? But hey, Look, why not? We try as hard as we can to talk about the subject as little as possible. So <laughs> anything you got. We talked about NBA 2K for quite a bit last week. <laughs> I mean, if you want to talk about B96 and Z95, uh, you know, my favorite radio stations. I could talk about those all day, but I'm happy to talk about early Chicago sports. If you'd like to, I love you ever go it. to the B96 summer jam. Oh, uh, do you think my parents would let me? Absolutely not. As a sheltered Jewish kid from the suburbs. No way. I well, couldn't go out that far to ru- to Joliet. I remember I would hear those commercials for the B96 summer jam and think like that must be the biggest party <laughs> in the world. I was like, if I'm going to lose my virginity, it's going to be there. <laughs> uh, yeah. Any, Tommy, do you have any radio memories? <laughs> well, my buddy Woody Allen made a movie called Radio Days that we worked on together. Mm. Uh, <laughs> yep. Oh, and, and your buddy Cuba Gooding Jr., I believe. Too, yes, right? that's right. He, he had Radio Days. <laughs> Man. Weren't you the inspiration for that character? <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Going in on him. At a bar and it broke my heart. <laughs> did, did you guys ever call into radio stations requesting songs? Or this anything? is what I was uh, getting at. And yes, I did. Um, I did call into my local radio station. We had B97 in Bloomington. I'm from Bloomington, Indiana. And uh, that sure, was our... better than Chicago, of course. <laughs> of co- Exactly. We had to one-up you. We had to do it to them. And uh, they did play, in fact, all the hits. And... Um, I did call in and request songs that they were already going to play, but I do remember calling in for um, George Straits. I was like a big country music fan when I was a small child, and so I remember calling in and asking for a George Strait song. Uh, I think it was Check Yes or No, if that's him, but uh, yeah, I... I what a thrill, and what, what a nerve-wracking experience, and I thought people who got through were like, Oh man, what it what it must be like to live that guy's life, just calling in and getting on the radio. Yeah, the call-in people were also celebrities. I felt, mm-hmm. and I I remember calling in like a couple times to the sports radio station, the Score eight twenty, oh, yeah. and I remember just my nerves shot the same nerves I would have later wrestling in front of 10,000 people in a Japanese <laughs> arena. I had the same, I, I was like, Oh, this is exactly what I called uh, Mike Murph talking about Steve Bouchelle getting traded from the Rangers <laughs> to the Cubs. Oh my God. That is a lot. Cause you don't want to, you so badly don't want to sound like a dumbass. So it's, it's really tough. I will say I just, the phone in general used to give me that kind of anxiety and still somewhat does. But I remember like having to call and order a pizza and being like, what if I completely blow this? What what could happen? Uh, I was very stressed out about that. Requesting songs from Domino's. <laughs> <laughs> they did that at Pizza Hut where you could, I, we talked about, I think we've talked about this before, where there was a deal at Pizza Hut where you could get a CD. They give you a CD to, that you could burn songs onto. And then you went to Pizza Hut's website and they had a library of songs you could download. And it was only like a hundred songs. It was all popular shit. And it sucked. It like barely worked and it was a huge letdown. And then I was like, oh, I could just download these illegally and it's much easier. But this has been Pizza Hut Talk and this show is brought to you by uh, by Pizza Hut. We are Doughboys. Oh, by the way, Cole, you were great on Doughboys. I, I loved your episode of Doughboys. Thank I, you very much. I just uh, I just uh, texted Mitch today saying that we made FagoLovers.net, the uh, <laughs> I, number one ICP fan um, <laughs> website. As they they were very impressed that I brought up my time at the Gathering of the Juggalos on Doughboys. Yes. So much so, we got headline news. Oh, Look hell at that. yeah. We just did an Insane Clown Posse episode. I wonder if we got on Fago Lovers down Yeah, there. we got to check that out. And I I think we talked about that I loved I loved Fago as a kid. Uh, I was I was very into the red pop. Um, and not not in an ICP way. I just, you know, it's a it's trashy, uh, you know, soda. It's very good. Yeah, I think ours was ours. Canfield, maybe that sounds familiar. Like the twenty-five cent, and we mm-hmm. also had twenty-five cent Jewel Osco 
Diet Coke I would get all the time. Sure. Mm-hmm. But I think, right, in the same aspect, that's Fago was that to Detroit and then the clowns, um, you know, championed it. Yes. Who yes. stood by who stood by ICP? That was Sean Jordan of the All Fantasy Everything Pod. I don't know if you've been on their show, but it's a it's a it's very fun. Very fun little show. We just had David Borey from that show too, guys. Check that episode out. And hey, while we're promoting things, real quick, get on that Patreon, baby. Three dollars a month gets you bonus episodes. We just did a live battle of the bands on there. It was very fun. So get on there. Uh I think we should talk about this uh this album. I think it's time. I think we've I think we burned through uh enough other bullshit that we well, can that we can do it. Before we start, I'd like to get your grasp uh on professional wrestling. Well, I I don't want to lead the ship here, but I Please do want to know your knowledge of this when I brought it to the table and your knowledge of the era if any at all. Uh I would put mine at 0.5. I would say I know who Hulk Hogan is yeah. and uh that's that's i mean i knew we did we had marty on recently we were talking about the um they aren't called walk-up songs what are they called the, entrance the, songs right entrance songs. is yeah. that right Cole? we got in trouble for this because we called them uh walk-up songs and people got very upset so right. yeah i would say entrance music yeah entrance music, yeah. so yeah we did so i know a tiny bit about like that but i, I knew very little about almost all of these people yeah so, like really nothing i knew a little bit only from i was really into wrestling video games as a kid i I thought they were the best video games that uh i had one on i think super nintendo that got me really into it and then my uncle was into it but i was more into i the people who were on this i knew uh it's rowdy roddy piper's on this right sure is i i knew of him i of course knew of hulk hogan and uh but i was i feel like the undertaker was a big part of the era of wrestling that i uh that i was that i would watch and i don't think he is uh a part of this i knew about uh ventura but yeah i was i was also i i didn't have a huge uh knowledge of this phase of uh of wrestling and and so when it comes to wrestling songs or, or just music and professional wrestling, there is a long storied history. And I, I'm I'm not necessarily a historian, but I do love professional wrestling and everything about it. So uh, a lot of people say that Sergeant Slaughter had the very first entrance theme where he would play like um, the national anthem. And that was the first time anyone ever came out to wrestling or came out to music when they came to the to the ring. Um, some people credit. Uh, a, a, a team named the Fabulous Freebirds, who uh, Michael Hayes was uh, a rock was trying to be a rock star, and he made music. And there was a song called Bad Street USA, which I just got the vinyl uh, LP for. I'm very excited to hang that in my office. Um, and then there was also a guy named Beauregard from uh, Portland. It's a very obscure wrestler who was also like a musician in the 70s, and a lot of people credit him as the first rock and roll wrestling musician to. Um, to actually put out an LP and print the music and then come to the ring with that music. So, um, but, but this era, so what we're doing is the wrestling album and it was kind of like really MTV had just kind of popped on the scene and WWF through Hulkamania and cable television had popped on the scene. And it was this big combination. It's known as like the rock and wrestling era. Um, it's known as the Hulkamania area, but also rock and wrestling area because essentially that's when Cindy Lauper like gave her okay to WWF and they kind of combined and they, I would say blew up together, but I would say the MTV and Cindy Lauper helped WWF a little more. And with that, um, with that, like, you know, Vince McMahon, the genius was like, I, I assume he was like, well, we're rock and roll now. So let's make an album. And then here we are with the wrestling album, uh, from 1985. Wait, yeah, can, sorry. Can you give us a little bit more uh, background on that Cindy Lauper situation? So, Cindy Lauper did what with with the WWF? Yeah. So, Cindy Lauper was a huge star with Girls Just Want to Have Fun, right. right? And she was like a New York scenester and and uh, I would say hipster, but probably more of a scenester. And so was one of the uh, managers, Captain Lou Albano. He's a very notorious wrestling manager, and. Captain Lou was like a real New York guy. And so I think they connected somehow. And I'm going to assume like I'm going back in my own time uh, capsule and like Captain Lou like schmoozed um, uh, Cindy Lauper. And then also Cindy Lauper's manager at the time, I believe his name is David Wolf. 
I think he was a huge wrestling fan. So they all got together and essentially Cindy Lapper kind of said like, Oh, I'll come out and I'll do some stuff with wrestling. And so she got involved in WWF and then WWF had some specials on MTV. I believe it's called the brawl for it all or the brawl that settled the score or one of those titles. It was a huge MTV special that got like crazy ratings. It involved Cindy Lopper involved M- uh, uh, Mr. T. And then also captain Lou Albano is in, some videos that Cindy Lauper have, I believe the girls just want to have fun video and the Goonies um, theme song that she did. Captain Lou is also in that music video. So it was this giant crossover that really tried to put pro wrestling into the pop culture mainstream. Yeah. It's so funny because it I was reading about that and it's just so funny not knowing any of that. Just like, I would never have connected Cindy Lauper <laughs> with the WWE just knowing the song girls just want to have fun. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was so interesting. Uh, and it seems like wrestling, yeah, it wasn't that mainstream at that point, at least like, yeah, MTV wise. Cause I was reading an article kind of about all this coming together and they, they said kind of what had happened that the guy who ended up playing drums on a lot of these songs said, this is the quote. He said, all of a sudden guys come out of the closet looking around sheepishly until we figured out that a bunch of us were wrestling fans. It was like cocaine. Nobody admits to wanting blow until somebody breaks it out and everybody's doing it. Which is, which is very true about wrestling. Yeah. Like, especially my childhood, like nobody in my high school liked wrestling. And then I got into wrestling and then all of a sudden people were like, Oh, I, I can't believe you're doing this. I love this. Yeah. <laughs> it's really true about wrestling. That's kind of cool. That's and also wild. I'm impressed that you uh, read articles. Way to go, Tom. That's why I was reading the line you were talking about as you read it. It's this vice, uh, the wrestling album, an oral history, right? Um, yes. And yeah, this thing was huge. I also didn't know that uh, a big so a, a big part of this uh, this this episode of what's this podcast you sent me, Tommy? Oh, it's just about weird albums. There's a podcast about weird albums, and the first one they talked about this, and just yeah, I gave a little oral history of how it came together. So Wait, is this, that's oh, a sorry. podcast of homeless people that look like Weird Al. Yeah, Weird Al boys and. Weird Al and bumps, weird and it's album. pretty easy to find them. They're most of them already look like it. It's 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 very, but it's wildly popular. Just look for the Hawaiian shirts. <laughs> I um I did not know that uh, Hulk Hogan had gotten fired from uh from the from wrestling by it was by the older McMahon, right? Yes, Vince McMahon's dad owned the WWWF. Uh, essentially, I think either fired Hulk Hogan or let him go. He went to the AWA at the same, which is a different company. And at the same time, he was becoming a huge wrestler in Japan and there, but also he booked Rocky three. That's what it was. This is what they said in the thing is that he got fired for doing Rocky three. He wanted to do Rocky three. Vince McMahon senior said, absolutely not. We're wrestlers. And then he stuck to his guns, did Rocky three, made him a huge cultural icon, bigger than before. And then he came back and stuck it in their face and they had to pay him way more money. I love that. That's, that's great. And I, I don't know. Uh, I, I've, I think actively tried to stay away from any news about Hulk Hogan over the past, like smart two decades. (laughs) Anytime something pops up, I'm like, no, 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 no. I liked him before and I don't really care anymore. You actively kept your wife away from him. Also, I'm the love sponge, they call it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, he it doesn't seem like he's a great guy, but I loved him as a kid, and uh, I do love a story of somebody just really shoving it to uh, to somebody who tells them they can't do something like a, a movie. The, the fact that they're like, we're wrestlers, you can't be in a film is uh, bonkers to me. Well, it does make sense because they were on the road 365 days a year, mm-hmm. so that was going to take him out of it. But you would but think also, he would go because it was was it the it wasn't the first Rocky, right? It was like it was Rocky. Was it Rocky three? Yeah, he was Thunderlips. So they already knew Rocky was a hit. So you'd think having one of your wrestlers in a movie like that, which I mean, this is all hindsight, but that's going to maybe boost. That's going to put a spotlight on your whole thing. You would think. <laughs> but, but also you have to take what hulk says with a grain of salt because remember he claims that he was in metallica uh first <laughs> oh i didn't know that wow. that's a claim go look that one up yeah i didn't realize he was on he played like bass that he was in bands in florida i guess before he was wrestling i read that too yeah bands you mean metallica yeah he was in metallica <laughs> what are you talking about that's Tommy? Statement. Yeah. um <laughs> it is funny i so another part of that uh 
that podcast, and I was also noticing this listening to it, is that Hulk Hogan is not, he's nowhere to be found on this, right? Yeah, very, yeah, it's very interesting. So not only, um, and I gave you a bunch of songs, he doesn't mm-hmm. sing. His theme music is one. His his uh, it, it, the, the song that would later become his theme music is another. And then also The Land of a Thousand Dances, which is every single wrestler. And there's a music video. He's nowhere to be seen in that music video. <laughs> We should play that song. Yeah, let's do it. Talk about that music video. It is one of the craziest things. <laughs> I'm, I'm pulling it up now. Give me just a minute here because these are uh, these are all on YouTube here. Yeah, um, I advise Tom that we're, we're going to start it about three minutes in because that's when it starts out and it's pretty much it, it, it closer to, to straight of a cover uh, from the 60s song. And then about three minutes in, they start to make it not a cover at all and make it very much about uh these distinct men and yes. uh, a lot of crazy shit happens i really like the the sketch like the sketchiness of this album the the sketch comedy uh aspects of this uh this whole thing well it's too it, it is sketchy in itself of course there is sketch comedy, yeah. <laughs> both all right so here we go All the best songs that those descend into a brawl. Yes, <laughs> every great band, all out fights, turn the music. I think there radio any other Head, songs that do that. I think Radiohead should end all their songs like that. Like Gigi Allen, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I think that if you listen closely to Oasis albums, but all their songs <laughs> end with the brothers just full on fist fighting. Speaking of uh, of uh, of Oasis, uh, I can't remember which one of them, but it might be Liam is in the Bee Gees documentary, and it's so funny to me that he's he's talking because it's he's talking about brothers in a like in a band, and it's like you of all people, I guess, would know, but it's weird to hear you being such a fan of this with how aggressive you are on uh, on the internet. But uh, yeah, I think uh, it's fun to hear them. Uh, it's fun to hear the, these guys go at it. And that's that song was uh, Land of a Thousand Dances was obviously a, someone else, right? Like you said in the sixties. Yeah, um, I had it. I wrote down his name. It was, uh... And th- and then before you get to it, I remember like being a child and seeing the movie Fern Gully in the theaters, and being like, they took the wrestling song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was Wilson Pickett had a number. Wilson Pickett. Because yeah. uh, that was a very prominent song in that movie. Yes. Very catchy, very catchy tune. <laughs> I think the craziest part of the video for me the first time I watched it was seeing Meatloaf as the drummer. Um, because Meatloaf, he doesn't actually play on the song or anything. Mm-hmm. But then in the video, he's there just like smiling big and drumming. And then when the brawl starts, he tosses a drum to one of the wrestlers to fight with it. So he aids in the I fight. think he could, be, he could be arrested for that. I think uh, <laughs> he did help. In 1985/86, is that a huge get, or is Meatloaf not as big as a star? Does he become I, a star later with Fight Club? Is I that feel where like that, that is, is big. big. Get, yeah, because uh, Fight Club, he was already he was. I think that Fight Club, he was already very big. I don't think Fight Club was the. the I know that was a bad attempt. Was that, a, was that a joke? I, <laughs> yes. I was. I thought it was, and then, uh, and then you know, I played it safe. <laughs> I was well, like, well <laughs> that's what unlike comedy's any, all unlike about. Like any wrestler ever. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah the video is so wild the it's hillbilly jim right who has the pig that starts the uh 
mean, it's a little bit of everything, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> you got meatloaf, you got a live pig, you got a guy saying New Jersey in a very funny way. <laughs> yeah, and, I, and I, I, I did a little research on that, too. Like, I, I think I wrestled at the place where they did that. Really? Wow. Uh, the like the uh, it's in New York. It's like the HUD, the something Hudson. Hudson Valley somewhere, right? Yeah. Yeah. And um. But I, I guess the stories are just like they were like they were up all night filming that and like no one wanted to be there. And if you see some like some of like the real low card wrestlers are in the like in those shots, some guys that no one would ever know who they are except me because I'm just obsessed with wrestling, obviously. But it's it's kind of funny that like there's such a sporadic amount of wrestlers doing that and a crowd there, too. And you could tell that they filmed trick like they did some trick photography for it. But still, there's a, a good amount of people there. So they, I, that was something I read about too, where apparently they filmed all like the close-up shots of the wrestlers and all of them like singing and everything. And then when they needed the crowd shots, they kind of realized like pretty last minute that they didn't have anybody. So they like went to a radio station and just like said on air, like, Hey, we need wrestling fans. And it, but of course, like, you know, however many hundred people came. A hundred <laughs> nervous phone callers called up. and they're like, ah, ah. <laughs> That would have definitely freaked me out. I, I, I'd like to be in the audience. <laughs> don't do with the chair but <laughs> uh shall we shall we listen to the next song on this thing we got we got six songs yeah. here and uh i think you picked it i think you picked a great six of the of the it's 10 songs total right so i think it's uh it's a great six of the 10 so uh the next one here is uh grab them cakes so yeah this song is so ridiculous did i did i hear right that this was on american bandstand Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right, let's hear Grab Them Cakes. So for reference, right, I was five or six. I, a little backstory to this album. I was the one in the family who loved professional wrestling. My brother did not, but my brother got this for Hanukkah. And I was so fucking pissed. <laughs> I remember how upset I was. And like my brother just gave it to me, I think, because he did had zero interest in it. So I was probably uh, six years old at that time. And I remember being like, so like thinking I was so smart being like, I know that they're trying to make it like junkyard dog is singing about food, but I know he's talking about grabbing butt. <laughs> at that age, that's I knew I, that's I was wild. a little horny kid too. So can I tell <laughs> I you, horny, yeah. you have, you had one up on uh Toru Kun one who said, okay, who else when they were a kid thought this song was literally about grabbing baked goods, laughing emoji. <laughs> you got her ass. I'm going to say no on behalf of Colt Cabana. <laughs> yeah. I knew that they wanted you to think that. <laughs> but I knew the backstory. These corporations was, wanted you to think. <laughs> they wanted you to think like, oh, it's Little Debbie's. No, 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 kiddo. Junkyard Dog <laughs> wanted a piece of Vicky Sue Robinson. <laughs> Vicky Robinson, who gives an incredible performance, a very impassioned performance for the material. It's it's really amazing. <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean, what am I? I loved it. I thought it was a great song. I, I, you know, like thinking, like dissecting the album as a child. I remember thinking, like, what a great one too. The everybody, you know, everyone wants to go first, and then in my head, like Junkyard Dog was the best singer. This was the best song. I thought. 
It does just sound like a pop song that has nothing to do, like an 80s pop song, totally removed. Like it could be totally removed from the wrestling world. And it was yeah. Like, well, of course, that's a crazy 80s song that was a dance hit, you know? Yeah, it doesn't feel as wrestling heavy as the others. It is about grabbing uh, grabbing asses. So I feel like that's pretty universal. Um, <laughs> that's, that is not just uh, a wrestling. You don't have to be like, oh, I don't like this wrestling shit. <laughs> grabbing asses. Um, somebody did say in the, in the comments of this, why wasn't this a Smash crossover single? Uh, radio that bias towards wrestling, lol. That was it. No need to lol on that. That's re- that's a real <laughs> card there. <laughs> right, uh, we are all wondering that. <laughs> uh, let's hear uh, let's hear some more songs on here. This next one is uh, is the one that I fully recognize because it did become uh, this. So this is the next one is Real American. And this was not at the time Hulk Hogan's theme song, right? Because there's another song that is Hulk Hogan, uh, Hulk Hogan's theme song, and then this became his theme song, right? Mm-hmm. All right, let me pull this up here. This is the only Sorry, one that I has was a damn da- dabbling on the keyboards a little over here. <laughs> <laughs> they got you on the organ at Wrigley. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see here. It's it's not. Let me play. I'll just pull it from this. That's fine. Oh, there's an ad on this. This one's so popular, it has an ad. Yeah, so this song was originally for Barry Windham and Mike Rotundo, who were called the U.S. Express, just like a regular tag team, and they made this song for him. It's so interesting that like this song for these guys then became like the anthem of pro wrestling. It's. I mean, it's a badass song. It's so good. Oh, this is going to do the whole thing. I am a real American. Fight for the rights of Sorry, I was a little distracted during that song. I was uh, filling out an application to join the military. Um, <laughs> that song fires you up, huh? It's Wow, it wasn't even meant for Hulk Hogan. And then Hogan's song, which is just like this, uh, which is number six on the album, which we, aren't, we weren't going to play, but um, it's just like an instrumental, and yeah. it's okay. But then uh, I just recently found out, and I don't have the information. I'm sorry, I had it. It was actually like a cover of, another song like uh from the early 80s or something like that it wasn't even original so well i I don't think any of these are really like half of these aren't original this whole album it's a very odd concept the um the rick derringer who wrote real american i I had one quote from him i wanted to read um he said my partner and i who wrote it when we listened back to that one we actually cried (laughs) i remember thinking we have written the most patriotic song of all time (laughs) He's not wrong. Yeah. I know. <laughs> he must have been pissed when Toby Keith usurped his ass with uh <laughs> with uh, courtesy, uh, of, the yeah, courtesy of the red, yeah. white, and blue. That's the that's number one now. And then Tom, you were talking about the sketches because they did intros and outros for all of these songs. Yeah. Yeah, I, I believe Jesse Ventura uh credits this song as uh, by Derringer. Mm-hmm. Like not even Rick Derringer. So I don't know if he was trying to be, if that was a cool thing at the time. Like like Rick was kind of too nerdy of a name or something. <laughs> Derringer is kind of cool if you're just like, I'm Derringer. Got to roll in. great video too. You got, you know, Hulk Hogan clearly in front of, he's in front of a green screen playing a guitar that's way too small for his body. And uh, just in front of various footage of like, there's one that's like a building crashing down, a plane falling into a building. 
and then like the Liberty Bell. It's so it's very eighties. <laughs> it's amazing. I was watching the video that I had pulled up here was just a montage of Hulk Hogan moments. And it was, uh, he looks him ridiculous. Someone else's wife. He yep. in the N word. Yeah. <laughs> in Metallica. This, this, hold on. I want to see if I can get this up to the screen. Oh, him damn throwing it. a dog into the lake in a movie. <laughs> and what, what was weird is he was doing that in real life and they just caught it on tape for the movie. <laughs> He's that bad of a guy. I think it was Mr. Nanny. <laughs> uh, is that. Is that showing up there? I can't tell. Uh, I can't see it now. He looks oh, it ridiculous. Changed. Oh, this one was the one that was making me laugh is that they like have him. They, they It was like they had him in a, one of those fun house mirrors or whatever you call them, like where his body was changing. And it was just very funny to me that somebody would put that to this music. No, Tom, that's what people who take copious amount of steroids look like. <laughs> and and tan, and tan their skin to look like hot dog leather. The tanning, the fact that that was like, that's a cool look. It looks ridiculous. There, there are so many interviews and pictures of Randy Savage, Hulk Hogan, and Ultimate Warrior in real life, like on TV shows and just out to dinner in like biker sh- spandex shorts it's so the time is so crazy what they wore in real life to the airport and stuff was, um, rea- he had a reality show right like pretty late in the 2000s or something didn't he i believe hogan he did because that's what i that's where I, wait what is it called hogan knows best that's right yeah was, yeah i remember like for some reason i have this strong memory of watching that as a kid and there was a scene where he talks about every day when he wakes up he splashes water from the sink into his face and that's how he wakes up i remember watching that and being like that's a really good idea <laughs> it made this big impression on me like, i got it if i want to be strong i gotta start with sink water on the face that's what i'm gonna do i love that he's probably just hung over and <laughs> he's like yeah i gotta get that cool water on the face then i take a couple excedrin and uh that's so funny that that's. <laughs> I don't know why it's just it's been in my. Head. I would I would love if you like took a little bowl of water and then placed it next to your bed and like you're so like you're like I would just wake up and get right to it right instead of going to the sink every time. See, I'm I'm smarter than Hulk. I just yes. dump, I dump the water over my pillow and bury my face in there. There you go. <laughs> my bed is of course filled with mold, but that's the price you got to pay. <laughs> Uh, I, that song did get me fired up. I, I gotta tell you, I, I worked out to this playlist today and it really, it got me, it got me going. I wasn't in the mood at all. And, and that song really fired me up. Um, that is one of the six ways to listen to music, of course. And uh, it's, it's hard to, to say like, like what impact this did, did because wrestling is always been this like redheaded stepchild. It's just in this own corner. Like there's million, you know, like during the, like the late eighties, we call, or the late nineties is called the attitude era. It's like they had 14 million people every Monday watching it, but still everyone was like, yeah, it's just wrestling. So it's so weird because it's such high numbers that probably love this album and this music, but in pop culture, like, is it real? Is it not? You well, know, it's so weird. to its credit, I mean, it was on the billboard hot 200. Like it, it did chart. So the fact that it charted, I think, showed how big of a fan base wrestling had. I mean, it was but, and, like but top one wrestling. Do they give it any credit? That's a good question, and I would uh, bet on no being the answer. <laughs> the, Billboard Review, uh, the Billboard Review had a famous quote where it said, "As singers, they're pretty good wrestlers." <laughs> <laughs> the way they panned it. <laughs> Which I would say that song is just good. Like that's a good song. Yeah, but he's not a wrestler singing it, you know. True. Yes. Yes. Um, I did think I was. It was fun to hear these guys have a little fun, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, let's hear. Let's hear the next song, which is oh this. This is tied. I mean, this is no. It's this was number two for me. I really liked the song and it very relatable song here. Uh, no, this is. Oh, Before sorry, you get to ahead. it, sorry, you, you said you wanted to see, you like seeing the wrestlers have fun. And I, the mindset of the wrestlers back then is like they were only thinking about wrestling. They didn't give a fuck about anything else. So when they made this album, I'm guaranteeing you they did not give a fuck. <laughs> like, it wasn't like we need to be good at this. It was just like, oh, fine, whatever. And we'll yeah. do whatever. <laughs> so they're literally like being like, you know, wrestlers are known for just being on the road and being goofballs. Uh, probably all drugged up at this time specifically you know what i'm saying so it's just like they were just like let's have fun with it and try to make each other laugh and do whatever we want sure all right here is eat your heart out hello hello hey it's cindy in huh. no who is this what do you mean 
Wait, who is this? This is Jimmy Hart, the mouth of the South. Where is she? She's going to the Rick Springfield concert. I gotta tell you, that could be a that's a real song. Yeah, that's a good song. I like it. <laughs> uh, I have a lot of information for this on you. Oh, what or, do you got? What do you got on me? Oh no, you, sorry for you on this. <laughs> I heard you love. Rick oh no, I'm finally going down. <laughs> I've been waiting for this day. Um, so Jimmy Hart was uh, a teen heartthrob in a band called the Gentries. Mm. Okay, who had a, a number one single, and that's what he did. And then he got into wrestling in the Memphis territory, where Andy Kaufman event. You know, he was one of the people in the Andy Kaufman Jerry Lawler uh, shenanigans that went on uh, yeah. Letterman later. Yeah, and then later he went to the WWF, and so he was. He's Jimmy Hart has always been about music and wrestling, and he's like the number one hype promoter guy. He's like Don King, uh, you know like levels of like just trying to hype shit up. So, uh, so this, I I'm guessing this was, Hey, do you have a song? And he's just like, yeah, he just picked out a song. He randomly had made. So I, there's a wrestler named Terry funk who I had on my podcast, the art of wrestling, where I would talk to different wrestlers. And in Japan, he was such a big star, Terry funk. They were like, we're going to give you $20,000 to make an album. He's like, I don't sing. And they're like, we don't care. You're such a hot commodity right now. Just here's 20 grand give us an album and so he went to jimmy hart he gave him five grand jimmy hart just like here's 10 stock songs i have um and then you know terry funk sings them they're awful they're on youtube one of them <laughs> one of the songs called barbara streisand's nose which like what <laughs> why is that a wrestler a giant legendary wrestler in japan singing this song it's just because it, it was in jimmy hart's catalog oh and God. so i'm guessing eat your heart out rick springfield is just something in his catalog and they just put it on the album Fair enough. Fair enough. You know what? I buy it, but I still, I, I think, I think the guy made a hit, and I think, uh, <laughs> I mean, it definitely stands out on this album for sure. It's one of the songs that I, I went back to a third time because it definitely, it was the most, uh, the, it was the song on here that most sounded like just a song, and I, and you're so it, it definitely reads as what you're saying because I was like, that is just a jam. And I like that it's, uh, you know, I relate to it. We all relate to that, right? Your girl is into a musician. Yeah, right. You like to listen to this guy's music? You're going to his concert? What do you want to bang him? No. You don't let your girl listen to music. That's simp shit. <laughs> and as a kid, I was just like, what does Rick Springfield have to do with wrestling? I just didn't understand. It was so confusing. I wonder if this is like a response song to Jesse's girl. Mm-hmm trying to do you know i think it is i think it 100 percent is guys stealing jesse's girl now he's trying to take he's trying to take uh the hearts man the the heart man's woman that's no good not getting away with it a a lot of people in the comments here are agreeing that uh this is just a straight up good song uh jimmy and jimmy r was in the band the gentries true fact and you're welcome well well, guess what we didn't need it so you're Uh, welcome Fun fact about Jimmy Hart, Jimmy Hart, a Caucasian man, would go to the tanning bed and live in Florida so much that one time San Francisco toy makers, the wrestling toy making company, uh, saw a picture of him and assumed he was an African-American and put out a doll of him <laughs> as an African-American. 
quickly to recall it <laughs> because he was not. Oh Lee's man! Other song was "I Am an African American." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if those dolls are anywhere, they've got to be worth a lot of money, I'd imagine. Uh, there was one. I, I was trying to buy it. Yeah. They were asking for five hundred dollars, and I was willing to do it. Um, so, somebody out, somebody outbid me. Somebody outbid. Me. I think five hundred is fair, and uh, any more is a crime. Um, that is uh, that's that's incredible. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's keep this uh, playlist going. The next song is for everybody. Uh, let's find this one for everybody. Wrestling. This will take me just a minute. I apologize. Uh, so this is also a remake. I don't know if you knew that or not. And the uh, original lyrics were "fuck everybody," right? Isn't that so? Yes. Yeah. So yeah. So I kind of want, as you hear it, that was the original rib. Was Roddy Piper was one of those people who didn't give a shit about anything, and so you can hear him kind of trying to say "fuck everybody" in this song. Yeah, and that was like it a does sound like he says it too. Yeah. All right. Let's hear this. I think he's got a good voice. Roddy Piper was the best. I really liked his voice. I think it's fun. I think he uh, he kind of sounded like Randy Newman a little bit from like the the Toy Story songs. I I like it. So imagine if Randy Newman did cocaine every hour on the hour, <laughs> buddy. That's that all be- I imagine. Toy Story would be a lot better. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, the, just that fuck everybody's story, I think, is just so fun that I wanted to include it. This is another one where I was just like, why aren't they singing about wrestling? It kind of confused me a little bit as a kid. <laughs> but um, but I guess because it was Roddy Piper, like, I guess they could do whatever they want. Um, but also, I didn't know it was a remake. So, like, in my head, I just figured they would be all the songs would be like, I body slammed him. I elbowed him. Here we are. <laughs> that is when you pitched this and you just showed me the picture of the album cover. I was picturing just a bunch of songs that were like, chair to the head. <laughs> <laughs> <And> you're <laughs> to blame. <laughs> <laughs> Wrestling Al. I think that's the album. I think, I think you got to make this. I think it's on the table. It's right there. Has anybody made anything like this where it's just wrestling parodies? Oh, I think I think there's some weird shit out there. There's got to be, right? <laughs> I mean, not weird shit. I mean, a good one. Well, I, you know, I, I did um, um, the art of wrestling went like straight for eight years, and and um, now it's kind of like seasonal, but uh, which is my podcast. And every week I would do a song of the week, and at first that sounded great, but then after eight years, I was like, I had to find these songs about wrestling. <laughs> And so there was some deep dives and there were some very obscure and weird songs, including Barbara Streisand's nose. I was looking at those lyrics uh, earlier. They're, they're really wild. I need to find that song later. Yeah. Wait, do you, do we have some of the lyrics? Do you have it pulled up? Yes, I do. I, I feel like I got to hear some of these lyrics about Barbara Streisand's nose. Yeah. These are, uh, you know, this is Terry Funk's Barbara Streisand's nose. Uh, okay. Uh, I was listening to my radio late last night when I heard a knock on my door. I went to the window and peeked outside. It was a girl about five foot four. She said she saw my name on the bathroom wall. So she said she thought she'd give it a try. Unlock the door and invite her in. It was then I realized she had Barbara Streisand's nose, Liberace's smile that drives men wild, and Barbara Streisand's nose. Oh, okay. So it's not such a shot at, at Barbara Streisand as I thought it was going to be. 
Yeah, the last line is, have you ever seen a nose like Barbara Streisand's nose? And it is in all caps, which uh, <laughs> makes me want to listen to the song more. <laughs> uh, later, I believe Jimmy Hart put that song out on his own album also. <laughs> That's insane. I've The more we're talking about it, maybe it's just one of those things where the more I hear it, the more that I think I heard it before. But it does sound kind of familiar. Uh, and now I do want to I do want to hear it. Um Maybe we can listen to it later uh, after we hear Patreon this song. exclusive. Yes, not a bad idea. Uh, Patreon exclusive, where we just play somebody else's song. <laughs> We're basically we'll, doing that already. We'll just charge <laughs> three dollars. Yes. <laughs> we will just play uh, full. Uh, hey, you know what I like is that Frank Ocean album. Let's just play it on the Patreon, <laughs> just yeah, in full. We don't. We don't talk at all. <laughs> where we play everyone but Metallica. <laughs> so we don't want to get sued. Uh, all right, let's hear this last song on uh, this playlist, which is uh, Don't Go Messing with a Country Boy from Hillbilly Jim. And I, I want to point out, this is this comes after a sketch where um, Vin, uh, Ventura's pissed off. Is that right? That he's like, he's pissed off that they, this is supposed to be a rock and roll album. What the hell is Hillbilly Jim doing here? And boy, does that piss Hillbilly Jim off. So he he belts this one out. It's another, true. Another one of my faves. It's true. He's I, right. I found a good Hillbilly Jim quote about this song from that oral history. He says, uh, the first time I read the lyrics they sent me for Don't Go Messing With a Country Boy, I said, oh, man, this sucks. I don't <laughs> want to do this. It's hokey as hell. Then I found out they got the guy who played the fiddle in Deliverance to do my music. So I went in and did my thing. <laughs> it's a beautiful story. <laughs> hell Yeah. <laughs> I think it's hard. I think it goes, and I think it's good. <laughs> it's yeah. I don't know if it's iconic because just like that was his entrance music, and it was played over and over and over again, or if it's like good. I don't know. You tell me. We we I I just got a glance at this other uh, thing from this uh, from this Rolling Stone uh, history of. Uh, of this album and Hillbilly Jim says, I was on board with it immediately. <laughs> so uh, contradictory quotes from Hillbilly Jim. <laughs> he says, here's why the whole goal in those days was to get, uh, was to get to the WWF. Those guys were cutting edge. They were the first starts doing things with pay-per-view and merchandising. This is a funny story. One time we were at Notre Dame university and Pat Patterson came in with a stack of papers. He said, Hillbilly, I got some legal stuff for you here. Did you get some woman pregnant or something? I said, no, man. So he hands me the papers and goes, look at this. And there was a check at the bottom of it for $87,610.76. The first merchandising check off the Hillbilly Jim action figures. He was laughing his ass off. I was so happy. I knew to stay where my bread was buttered. So when they asked me about the album, of course I said yes. I didn't even, I didn't. I don't think they even knew I had musical ability until later. <laughs> oh, that seems like that sums up the whole album. I feel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, he has a show. Or do a song. Yeah, all right. I didn't know that he had a serious XM. Wait, everybody still knows my song. Oh, he had a. 
he has a, a Sirius XM outlong uh, country radio show. Everybody. He had a show for years, yeah. I did not yeah. know that. I didn't know that was him. That's wild. I know people who worked on that show. That's crazy. Um, damn, I didn't know it was him. That's uh, that's wild. Uh, anyway, that's very funny that uh, completely opposite <laughs> statements from uh, from Hillbilly Jim there. So uh, He was also yeah. a, a giant corporate man, which you could tell in that quote. And so he was happy. He's one of those guys happy to be there, happy to do anything. Mm-hmm. Sure. Sure. We should uh, take a quick break before we. Uh... Good call. Yeah. yeah. Let's uh, let's take a quick break. We will be right back with more Stand By Your Band. Hi, do you have Patreon? Well, for only $3 a month, we will play an album for you. <laughs> We're leaving it in. Hello, we are back with more Stand By Your Band. We got a, we got a couple more things here to do for you guys. Uh, one is, now that we've listened to the playlist, and what a playlist, uh, very fun to listen to, we, uh, we, got some, we got some, you know, comments from the peanut gallery. We went to, uh, you know... The people from Patreon and uh, our Facebook and Twitter who have comments about this album. We do have a lot of wrestling fans who listen to this show, so I'm curious to hear what they'll have to say. Uh, John Bilancini says, uh, whose current entrance theme does Colt consider to be the best? Colt's is very good. Boom, boom, Colt Cabana uh, gets me hyped every time. Oh, current theme song? Um. I, there's a uh, two guys named the Briscoe Brothers who I really enjoy. They're in Ring of Honor, and also um, uh, AEW is the promotion that I wrestle for. We're on TNT every single Wednesday night. Check it out, eight o'clock Eastern, seven o'clock Central. And there's a uh, Mikey Ruckus is the in-house music producer and music maker. And there's a team called the Best Friends, and uh, I really enjoy their theme music. I think he did a really good job, and. Uh, my theme music is done by Kid Russell, who uh, is a musician himself, and I recommend you check out his music also. Hell yeah. Hell what if yeah. you were the first one to walk out to a podcast? you ever think of that, making history that way? You know, it's so f- funny you say that because I'm such a stand-up nerd and comedy f- nerd that I was trying to think of like how I could do it where they like talk about my credits in my music. <laughs> <laughs> you know like it's so awesome when like i go to like a show and they're like you've seen him on conan you've seen yeah. him on whatever yeah i would be like you've seen him as the nwa world's heavyweight champion he has been on doug loves movies uh he's welcome <laughs> he does colleges and uh right. <laughs> and, uh oh <laughs> <laughs> no, he is but but i i mean i say that you know on on television i don't really need that but when I do these shows in in auditoriums or VFW yeah. halls, and it's just like local people who are just ha- here to have a good time. Sometimes they don't know you, and it's the same idea of comedy. It's like, oh, brother, I would love. You know, we would call it getting over in wrestling. So it's like, if I could get over before I even get out of the the entrance, I'd be a made man, and no one else is smart enough to think about that. So I'd be a genius. It's not bad. It's not. Or if somehow you could have like just a. I think the way to do it is if you had like a video screen with a montage of like TV shit that you've done or like just cool stuff you've done. And then people are like, oh, this guy must be good. That's exactly what the intro is, except for with comedy, you can't do it because they'd be like, oh, we're just watching him do stand up where we're going to do that in a second, too. Right. <laughs> um, but if it was you just doing some cool shit to a guy, I feel like people would be like, oh, this well, they have sick. that for the entrance. That's true. That's true. But it's true that you want like your accolades as well. I I I hear you. Although I will say that as a comedian, people I I think there is something to when people hear like, oh, Conan, like they they might perk up a little bit, but a lot of times people don't even hear what's being said. Um they it goes in one ear and out the other. Um we have more comments here. Ron Trimbath says, Grab them cakes has some of the most hilarious lyrics I've ever heard aloud. Uh, cakes means ass, right? Not sure what that has to do with wrestling, but it's very funny. You're right, Ron. Uh, you're not wrong. Uh, here we go. Jess Tabor says, Tom and Tommy, you are the real Americans for bringing this glorious 80s delight to our ears. Fight for what's right. Fight for your life. Well, what we am I, think chopped about. liver here? I'm the one who brought it to your ears. <laughs> Sorry, the people of shit. Like the Chicago hot dog man. That's right. 
Uh, you don't talk to the wolf of Dog Street like that, or you get the fangs. <laughs> uh, all right, let's uh, let's go to the uh, Tommy. You want to go for the Twitter? Yeah, we just got a couple on the Twitter. Um, Brian Breslau said the music is fake. Making a little wrestling joke there. Uh, it's predetermined. <laughs> uh, Josh Austin said normally I try to guess who the comedian defending it is, but this could honestly be any of them. <laughs> yeah funny. we have a lot and, of comedian uh, friends who love wrestling ran out of friends uh held up a picture of himself with the vinyl and said this one no way jared hates this masterpiece do we not get uh no jared, jared had no comment this week ah. because he he just didn't know anything about it so he didn't want to uh he didn't want to comment wait you went to jail and uh, jared is uh... <laughs> <laughs> it does asked... feel like going to jail <laughs> the submaster himself <laughs> the owner of the comedy attic in beautiful bloomington indiana jared thompson often gives us voicemails shitting on whatever artists we're talking about but he did not have any thoughts today in fact i i messaged him and all he, he said i said uh have you heard it he said no i haven't and then he left it uh blank he did not uh he did not continue so yes because i felt me and marty rosa have pitched this show to the bloomity to the to the comedy attic many times and we get we get a big no thank you every single time so you are going to jail and talking to jared though. yes that is part of it you get one phone call and it is jared <laughs> uh why are you in jail um, uh john rosenberger says eat your heart out rick springfield is a legitimately very good song i i said it earlier brother i agree David Rader says that album is the only logical conclusion to wrestling and cocaine's rocky marriage in the eighties. Very good. Uh, Aaron Kaplan. I I made seven cocaine jokes for that to hit. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Aaron Kaplan says, I love the Jesse Ventura promo on, uh, Rick Derringer. Um, Marty Archibald says, wake me up when you do the second one. Oh, there's a second one. Oh yeah. Uh, pile driver. Well, we're going to have to get that. I think we got to have a sequel. Too. I think we got to have a sequel. Um, Andrew Durso says, good, but can't hold a, a candle to WCW Slam Jam. Hmm. Interesting. Um, John Rosenberger responded to that with partial to ECW Extreme Music, my own self. Um, Shannon Norman says, Netflix has yet to release a comedy special that is funnier than the cover of Land of a Thousand Dances on that album. I fully agree with you, brother. (laughs) But that's more of a shot at Netflix specials. (laughs) (laughs) I kid. Joe Liz has a great one. Um, Nick Scott Silverstein says, I'm a pro wrestler, and Nikolai Volkov once showed up as a guest at a birthday party show. People do rent out wrestling schools and have people put on a show for the kids. Not that kind of show. Uh, just wrestling, please. Don't think bad of this. Uh, perhaps I've gone too far. Nikolai ended up wrestling on the show in his sandals, socks, and slacks. Great guy. Rest right. in peace. <laughs> Great story. Uh, Connor McGrath says, Pile Driver with the wrestling album 2 is the rare sequel that surpasses the original. Um, somebody's agreeing with him here. Ben Mars says, he's correct. Pile Driver's amazing. Ben Verbeck says, I always wanted to know what Junkyard Dog's partner's you know what uh, that he was going for when he would G R A B T H E M C A K E S. There we go. <laughs> On a related note, I know how to spell grab them cakes before I could read. I knew. I knew how to- <laughs> um, the last one here is uh, from Josh O'Neill, who says, uh, "Main takeaway: If you're thinking about messing with a country boy, don't." <laughs> True. True. If you've ever seen the movie Deliverance, you'll know why. <laughs> uh, that's all the comments here, and that means we are down to our final segment here. And uh, this has been this has been a fun listen. I'll I'll say it. I'll say it right off, right off the bat. But Colt, before we uh, review this playlist, you get to give your final uh, your final thoughts on this album. Final thoughts are. I mean, this is nostalgia for me. So. You know, it just brings me back to a time where there were there was no coronavirus, where <laughs> there was no dissension in the political ranks. Uh, there was just me, a dreidel, and snow in Chicago, and some <laughs> and some hot dogs. So uh, I uh, WWF eighties is my favorite. It just brings me back to my childhood. I love everything about it. 
And this really sums it up. It's just the ultimate wrestling is, was just all these great characters. And this album is about putting these characters in a different medium uh, to the world. It was probably the dumbest thing ever, but to me, it was so much fun and I really love it. Fair enough. Uh, that was great. Uh, great summation. I, I gotta say, I agree. It takes me back to a time before this election was stolen. And, <laughs> and you could believe in this country that we live in. Uh, no, Hulk this Hogan is... would never wear a mask. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, I want a video of Hulk Hogan ripping off a mask <laughs> the way that he would his shirt. <laughs> um, I really enjoyed this. This was a very fun listen. Um, having said that, uh, the songs that I really liked here were Real, Amer- uh, Real American, Eat Your Heart Out for Everybody. I, I loved those, like, legitimately. And uh, I had fun with Crab Them Cakes, too. I think I'm going to go with a solid uh, four out of six here. Uh, I, I think I, I enjoyed it enough, as I giving it that it is... A novelty album, of course, uh, but it is. There are some real songs on here that were actually really fun, and I, I, I'm rating it as such. So four out of six for me. What do you got, Tommy? So what's so crazy is yeah, not yeah. I, I never watched wrestling as a kid or anything, so I've no nostalgia for it. But I also I had truly had so much fun watching these videos, and it's just so like it so captures uh, the '80s and like it's just this insanity, uh, and like none of these songs like are bad or annoying you know they're all like fun like grab them cakes i genuinely love i think it's so silly and i want to put on at a party uh but hopefully not encourage uh, (laughs) anyone to do that uh i don't know yeah i want to go high i want to i'm gonna even go a little higher i'm gonna go 4.5 i love it i love it cole you get get, it too cole yeah you get to rate it too what do you got it's out of six Although, do whatever you want. 50 out of 6. Yeah, that's fair. You're allowed to do that. That's a high average that's coming out, too. Uh, Cole, thanks so much for doing this, man. Uh, Is there anything you want to promote before we get out of here? Yes, I would like to promote the wrestling album, which is available. (laughs) Where is it available? I don't even know if it's available. It's not on Spotify. No. Really? Oh, man. On YouTube. Um, yeah, I, I'd like to, uh, encourage people to track down, uh, random music in wrestling. It's really a fun wormhole to go down. Um, uh, wrestlers from Jerry Lawler have put out albums and, uh, exotic Adrian street. The Beauregard is something that's really kind of, uh, inspirational. And, um, there's just so many different things. Also, who's the guy, um, the American idol, the Simon, whatever his name is, Simon Cowell. Oh. Simon Cowell, you know, saw that wrestling was so hot in the UK that he produced a WWF album in the UK and made so much money off of it. Um, so, so there's a lot of history and, and bizarreness when it comes to music and wrestling. But for me, uh, follow me on uh, Instagram and Twitter. And uh, I'm on TikTok. I don't use it that much. Ooh. At Colt Cabana. But I do have a Twitch and I really enjoy going on. And it's a lot of fun. Colt Cabana on Twitch. And my podcast is The Art of Wrestling. And my website is Colt Cabana. And if you want some merch, it's Colt Merch and coltmerch.com and uh that's it thanks so much hell yeah uh check out tommy's christmas album it's not too late to get it for your family last week where it would make sense to get it tommy (laughs) i got i I have a solution for your christmas shopping woes just (laughs) just give give everybody your album just Uh, burn it on a cd my parents and siblings would love that Do that, or here's another gift idea. Get people the gift of the Patreon, where you can hear the album for free, uh, by which I mean $3 a month. Uh, it's the best deal in town, and you can hear. Once we once we get to either, we're still figuring out, but we're going to do another live Battle of the Bands on, uh, on uh, the Patreon, because we had so much fun doing it before, and you can get that on that Patreon, like we said. And uh, that's it. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks again, Colt. This was so fun, man. Uh, all right, everybody. We'll see you next week. And uh, have a good holiday. Keep it crispy. Bye.